Bossy Britches with Julia Dumay and Lisa Schinninger. And this week we're going to be talking about musicals in general. And uh, we're going to touch again probably on uh, Annie, which we both saw um, this week. But, you know, you already heard our shirt about that. So we'll be talking more about musicals in general, as I said. Um, I personally think we need more of yes. them. That's, that's my my yes. TLDR for this week. More musicals, please. Yeah, there. I think our episode's over. That's it. There we're we go. In agreement. Right. That's the good, <laughs> we're good. done. Very good. We're easing our way back in. See you later, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> yes, more musicals. Um, it's funny because when we when we decided that this was going to be about musicals, I I sat down and I I tried to come up with like what are my recommendations? What are my if you're not familiar with musicals, what must you see? Mm. If you don't, if you think you don't like them, what must you see? Um, mm. But I kept thinking of like all the stuff I kept thinking of was like old, like fifties and sixties. Like there are a lot of um, modern musicals that I like, but uh, for some reason my mind just always goes straight back to you got to see Singing in the Rain. Everybody's got to see it, or mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, if you. If you think you hate musicals, you're absolutely going to hate um, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. But, you know, um, something else is going to be anything that Gene Kelly did is going to be probably up your alley. Um, mm. uh, but it's never yeah. like go see Moulin Rouge, go see um, Chicago. Uh, what mm. what do you do? You, when you think of musicals, do you think of like the new wave stuff or do you think of like the older? Interesting. Like that was something I meant to sort of talk about because I keep saying I want more Mm -hmm. but you know the truth is they are still coming out fairly regularly I mean they're not every you know several every year but generally one certainly one every couple of years and often one every year um, especially when you factor in Disney Mm -hmm. and for some reason I don't know why I don't immediately think of like Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast. Um, I don't know why I don't make that connection in my head. But, um, you know, so the truth is they never really went away that much. Um, Maybe they aren't being made in quite as large numbers, but they're still being made, Um, especially even in Hollywood. I mean, to say nothing of, you know, Bollywood, of Mm -hmm. musicals from other countries. Um, So I, I don't know why I... I don't really make that connection as much. It might be sort of what you mentioned in our short about the new Annie, which is that often a lot of the music kind of seems really overproduced these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, it was a problem with Annie and it's often a problem in a lot. And the sound editing can get weird. Um, and there can just be so much almost like artificial sounding or, um, just really almost tinny, uh, canned sounding. Um, it, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I sort of think of them as being over and trying to make a comeback, um, because they didn't really go anywhere. Yeah. You know, I actually have a theory about that. Um, and Mm. I was trying to find, I remember an article along these lines that I can't find now. The closest I got was a quote from, um, Gene Kelly's widow, um, oh. about how Hollywood doesn't know how to make a musical anymore. They're still making a lot of them, but yeah. they're doing it effectively. Um, and part of that, this 
phantom article that I remember is that they don't know how to shoot them anymore. Like there's nobody left who knows how to stage a movie musical. Huh. Um, and it's something that I notice every time I watch one. Um, like when you watch Les Mis, when it, when I watch the new Annie, um, mm. especially when I watched the old Annie and I'm seeing things mm. that you just don't see in movies anymore. A lot of long shots, a lot of really big spectacle pieces. Mm. Um, like they shoot a chorus line where you're looking down the chorus line. So you see all the women's legs in the going up in the air. Um, and it's a shot that I wouldn't see now because it would be like quick cuts of like a knee and like an arm up in the yeah. air and a face and the the audience, like close-ups on people in the audience. Um, and it's mm. like our, the modern trend of quick cuts and like really fast action. Um, you can't really do that with a musical because you lose all sense of momentum. Like, um, yeah. there's a scene early in like one of the first scenes in the 1982 Annie where um, the girls in the orphanage do a number, um, yeah, and it's it's literally amazing. It is it yeah, it, like it's a very carefully choreographed yeah. number. It's very theatrical, yeah, and it's uh, there's such an energy to it, like that you don't need the camera moving and whizzing around all the time because mm-hmm. the the dancing is what provides the energy, and it's really amazing. It's and I actually was thinking as I was watching it, like, I really hope that they translate this somehow into the new version. Yeah. And they didn't. And it was kind of, like, depressing that that kind of a thing is lost because it really is, um, it's not just, like, reminiscent of, like, old Hollywood musicals or stage musicals. It's also really reminiscent of, like, children in motion, like, as children. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, part of that, and this was something, I don't want to get too sidetracked with it, of course, but... um. I was very struck in that movie by how the differences in wealth versus poverty um, in the original Annie versus this one. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, you know, in the original, it's an orphanage. It's a much bigger space. Whereas in, it's, you know, a big, empty, scary, impersonal space. Whereas in the remake, it's, you know, a bunch of kids crammed into a tiny little space. Mm -hmm. Um, so part of that, yeah, I just, I don't know, It you're right, though. It's it's very interesting. Um, it's more like, it's more like people are trying to do musicals like music videos. Yeah, yeah. Rather than as musicals. Well, that's a... I wonder if that, yeah. That's a really great way to put something. it. Because, like, yeah. Les Mis, I mean, if you've seen Les Mis on stage, it's, um... One of the things that they have, like, is this, like, round in the middle of the stage um, mm. to move set pieces in and out quickly um, and to mm. give a sense of movement. So, like, when uh, Valjean is traveling from town to town, he's actually walking on the round um, so that the, oh. the towns are moving past him. Um, crowds of people move past him. Um, uh, when he's fleeing, they go really fast by. And hmm. uh, it's, like, this really innovative use of the stage in the theater um, and I like, but then you move it into like the film versions, um, both the musical and the non-musical versions, and you kind of lose that. Like there's, um, like it's a more, I don't know how to say it. Like he's actually in yeah. a location, you know, like you lose some of that magic of, of, of seeing yeah. him move around. Um, but I like there's like strengths to the movie musical now that you couldn't do before, um, yeah. Like Chicago, I think 
getting to actually go around into these different physical spaces. Um, yeah. That wouldn't have been yeah, possible like on a stage or. And Chicago is, I think, quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen the original on stage. And I mean, I wonder how much of that is that they really play with sort of theatricality in the movie and they really keep it as like a running theme. So they really do work to make it feel very theatrical at the same time that it's a movie Um, that like because Chicago works very well, I think, as a musical, um, as a movie. I, you know, I really enjoyed it. It's, it's very high energy. It's got a lot of spectacle, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's very interesting. Um, I, and Disney, I think, although not as much anymore, I feel like. Um, but, you know, the golden age sort of of Disney's animated musicals was, I guess, when we were kids, mm-hmm. you know, was the early 90s. And, like, those are fantastic. Those feel very dramatic, very engaging, and just big, spectacular things. Um yeah, I whereas partly also it's just the music. Mm-hmm. You know, the music is honestly a lot better. There's which is again really strange cuz there's some great music out there. There are some great songwriters, some great musicians out there now. So I'm not sure why so many like original musicals kind of fall flat and even the stuff that's yeah, where a lot of the songs just kind of fall flat for me now, I find. Yeah. Um, I will... Like Princess and the Frog was a couple years ago, and that was kind of, it was good. I enjoyed the, a lot of the movie, but the music itself was kind of disappointing. Yeah, that was, I was really disappointed with the music in that one because, like, the jazz age, come on. Like, yeah, that should have been my favorite. New Orleans, oh. But I couldn't tell you a single one of the songs now. Like, Yeah. Um, And I... <clears throat> I wonder how much of it is that the quality is actually different and how much of it is that I am too old, maybe, for mm. Disney musicals. Because, <laughs> um, like, like Frozen just came out, and I think everybody can agree that Frozen has one of the most um, addictive songs um, in yeah. recent memory. Um, you cannot go anywhere that has children and not hear that song. Yes. <laughs> Either, like, over some sort of a music system or like the children themselves. Um, but I didn't really like there's that's the only song that I could tell you mm. was even in the movie. Like I didn't really connect with. But that's not really fair to say because I think there's like I just watched Annie and Annie's obviously for a, a much younger audience and and I'm still singing yeah. things from that. And I'm going to remember mean, those. And I mean, you know, Beauty and the Beast was nominated for an Oscar. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly a lot of adults really connected with that and really enjoyed it. Um, so, I mean, partly it is sort of the kid thing, uh, the target audience thing. But, yeah, it's also, yeah, I don't know what's different about the way they're being made now. Um, that you don't have as much memorable music. Mm-hmm. Well, I wonder... Because there's a, that's a complaint you hear sometimes about um, pop music is that everything mm. sounds the same, um, that mm. they're all 
written by these algorithms that are determining mm. what is going to be um, the most uh, attractive to the widest range of people rather than, you know, having like a stable of songwriters who are trying to do that themselves. Um, I wonder if that has something to do with it, though, because like, like Princess and the Frog, I think a lot of my disappointment with that was that I really thought it was going to be something unique um, yeah. because of the setting, because it was the first um, the first black Disney princess. Um, but then it just kind of felt like a really generic like it. I don't know, like it, like one of those that goes straight to video, like a Barbie adventure, like there wasn't really <laughs> yeah. much that kind of like stood out from it, although I really did like it. But I, it was yeah, I like some of those straight yeah. to video things too. Like, yeah, <laughs> just because it's got the Disney label on it and it was out in the theater doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be like, you know, great. Um, yeah, yeah. So I wonder if that's like the kind of like that same complaint, like the sameness of everything. Um, mm, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's honestly that's why I was really excited about the new Annie when I heard about it was because one of the things I heard was Jay-Z mm-hmm. is going to be attached and I was like okay so the music is going to be fantastic yeah um and s- mostly it was mm-hmm. um some of it was kind of boring or sounded like we've talked about the mixing um it sounded like the mixing was a little off sometimes yeah but it was really good um and even the songs that were in the original or the 1982 movie they managed to update and make sound really cool really yeah interesting. in the very beginning in the opening when she's running to get um to the restaurant Oh, yeah. Um, she's running from school across town to get to the restaurant. And the city becomes a part of the song. Like, Yeah. Um, that was really lovely. That was really, really, really cool. And I was hoping that that was going to be, like, more of a motif than it was. Um, mm. I was kind of hoping that, like, the city would be more of a musical presence in her life. Yeah. Than it I was a little being. surprised. Yeah. But, yeah, like like you said, uh, same thing. Jay-Z, I got really excited. <laughs> like, the music yeah. going to be awesome. Um, and then I... This is um, the thing I got the most excited about hearing in the in the movie was um, the two things that excited me the most seeing were uh, when there's a reveal that you see that Stax is more like Daddy Warbucks than you realized. Yes, <laughs> which I don't want to give it away for people who haven't seen it yet, but it was just like, oh, that was magnificent. <laughs> I cracked up. It was great. Um. So when you realize that Stax is more of a Daddy Warbucks than you thought, and then the other one was when they start singing Hard Knock Life, the Jay-Z mix. Oh, yes. I got more excited about that than anything else. Any other um, like callback to the 1982 version, um, hearing that Jay-Z, because when, that, when he came out with that, when he sampled that, and um, I can't think of the track now, but... Like, that was mind-blowing. Like, that was yeah, such a great way to reframe such a classic song that you don't really, didn't have as much weight, I think, for us as kids. Um, yeah. And then to hear it in this new context, and it was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, so that was yeah, really cool to hear that. that. That was crazy. But, oh, man, I could talk about that reveal, about the Daddy Warbucks reveal, like, forever. It was so good. That was so magnificent. <laughs> Oh, that was great. That was one of those moments where I just cracked up. Yeah, totally. Um, partly, I wonder 
I'm sort of thinking, I, I wonder how much of it sort of is that Disney has sort of kind of helped because of, I suspect, um, Disney anyway. Mm-hmm. I think we've come to think of musicals as kids movies. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas like, plenty of of classic musicals really are not like singing in the rain is not um i mean it's not you know dirty or anything but as a kid you don't really understand a lot of it you like the musical numbers okay but the movie itself is kind of over went over my head Mm -hmm. as a kid it was very boring to me as a kid um you know so i i mean i wonder how much of that is partly that you know the only people people only sort of think of making musicals for kids now rather than thinking of it as oh what would adults enjoy as well yeah and like the stuff that you get that's a musical for adults like i mean that used to be the audience like um all the elvis movies were musicals for adults um yeah which to varying degrees of success and and artistic (laughs) merit um but then like uh, you know gene kelly that was all for adults. Fred Astaire, that was all for adults. Um, yeah. Like, you, re- and, but you do really think of, like, the musicals for kids. Like, the original musicals now are definitely for children. You don't see um, everything that's for an adult that's a musical now is some, like, theatrical property that's being repositioned for movies. Um, yeah. And often not for the first time. Or an old movie property that's being redone, like Annie. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Phantom's been done a hundred times now. And, oh, um, yeah. Les Mis now, we're on the second version of Les Mis in my lifetime. Like, yeah, maybe yeah. the third. It's, um, yeah, it's kind of, but like, like what, like I said when we started, like, if you ask me to come up with a list of must see musicals, they're all going to be stuff from the 50s, um, from 40s, 50s, and 60s. Like, um, when they were made for adult audiences, like those are the yeah. ones that I think are the, the the touchstones that everybody should have. Like, um, but then you know, like the then there's stuff like the new like Dreamgirls and and Chicago and Moulin Rouge, which was original and really good. Um, there's and then uh, there's Bollywood too. I think mm. um, that get le- like we don't really think of that when we think of a musical, but they are. Uh, yeah. Um, and they're really great. That, I think that's sort of... Because it's not so much just that they were for adults or for kids. is that they were for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't specifically being done for kids. And, I mean, this is something I... You know, our mutual friend Amy works in children's literature. And this is something that we've talked about before. Which is that people hear it's for kids and they assume it's it has to be stupid. Mm-hmm. Um and plenty of stuff can be sort of more aimed at kids, but adults will love it. I mean, you and I met because we both were really big Harry Potter fans originally. <laughs> um, and, you know, Beauty and the Beast was nominated for an Oscar for Best Picture. I mean, it, you know, it's just when things are being specifically done for kids, people assume they don't have to try. Mm-hmm. Almost they figure, you know, oh, slap on a nice message about friendship and there you go. You've got a kid's story. Um, and people assume that if it's for adults, it has to be dirty. You know, right. it has to have lots of sex and violence, um, which musicals can have, you know, um, Chicago is about murder, mm-hmm. uh, 
Blame Miz certainly is pretty pretty rough stuff. Um, but they don't have to be. You know, there's not this assumption that oh, it has to be gritty and violent and lots of boobs. It right. doesn't have to be Game of Thrones for adults to enjoy it, and it doesn't have to be you know, simplistic for children to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, you know, like I keep, I keep saying Gene Kelly and like, if you've never seen a Gene Kelly movie, I don't want to know what you've been doing with your life. (laughs) First, how did you avoid it? And second of all, why? Like, um, singing in the rain, I think is probably like one of the greatest movie musicals, like of any generation. Um, and it's, kind of like it's kind of funny because it's also like a hollywood history like capsule version um because it's in like the early 1950s and it's looking back to like the 1920s Mm. um sort of the dawn of of talking of 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 movie musicals basically um with talkies coming out and then there were all these things that they could do with them um and it's just like it's just a phenomenal story um the characters are um like really well defined, um, really compelling, um, and then like the music is timeless. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, and it'll it'll get stuck in your head for years. Uh, and like <laughs> the dancing, and that was goes back again to that thing about people don't know how to shoot movie musicals anymore. Like the the singing and dancing, those are the stars. Like mm-hmm. it's not like um, Hugh Jackman's face or you know rippling biceps or anything like that. Yeah, um, like it's 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 the fancy footwork. It's Donald O'Connor dancing on the wall. It's, um, Gene Kelly twirling in the rain. Um, with like in real life, he had this horrible, the flu, like with this terrible, like really high temperature. And he just felt like shit. And then he went out there and he danced one of the most iconic sequences, like in American film. Um, and it's, you know, like, they were they weren't just actors they were singers and dancers um debbie reynolds um was i mean she keeps up with gene kelly she talks she talks about how um they rehearsed so much that her feet were bleeding and gene kelly was like do it again like like they were all about the craft of it um and you know like you don't see that anymore because you know hugh jackman can sing and dance and act and but he gets he gets things because of his name. He doesn't get things because he's out there tap dancing for three hours. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and it's, it's surprising because, you know, you bring up something interesting, which is that a lot of these movie musicals, you're in kind of a tough place because a lot of actors don't sing. Mm-hmm. Or if they do, it's really embarrassing and you're like, oh God, please don't. Yeah. Or they do it as a vanity project. Mm-hmm. Um and a lot of singers really can't act, but they also can't dance. Uh, the dancing is sort of an important thing that I think gets left off um, a lot mm-hmm. in the helping with the spectacle of it. Um, so you don't really, it's very rare, you have very few actors who who make, it seems like, it seems like stage and screen are two very different things more and more. Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm not really big. I don't know much about Broadway um, and stage these days. So maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like there is a lot. I feel like there's a lot less crossover between them, that it's a lot harder to go 
you know, you're a stage actor or you're a screen actor. Mm -hmm. Um, And on stage, there's still plenty of musicals. There's tons of musicals out there if you're if you're into theater yeah um that's you know they never went away they're still booming but um on on screen there's not and i i mean i wonder how much of that is because you don't have as much crossover and hugh jackman is like it's surprising that he is so underused in musicals Mm -hmm. in movies these days because he has a theatrical background yeah you know he has a musical theater background he can sing he can dance but even in Les Mis he's really underused as a certain maybe not as a singer but as a dancer um Mm -hmm. although there aren't a lot of big tap you know big tappy (laughs) jazzy numbers in Les Mis admittedly but you know, yeah. it goes back to what you were saying about how they're filmed differently. You have no, I had, I would have had no idea at all if I didn't know from having seen videos of his performances and seen him host the Oscars. I, I would have no idea that he could dance. Right. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, like, it's, I think there are strengths to the modern musical, um, of it just being acting and singing. Um, you know, because then you don't get like the extended um, Sid Sheeran fantasy sequence from yeah. you know, like there's, you know, the audience expects things to keep moving along, and you don't get these digressions into these weird. Um, I mentioned before um, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, which is one of my sister's favorite uh, musicals, and she watched it whenever she didn't feel good as a kid, like, um, she would watch Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, and my dad, saint that he is, (laughs) would sit down and watch it with her, even though he doesn't like musicals, and he would just be like, why are they dancing with axes? Like, why can't they just do things? Like, why does everything have to turn into this, like, big production number? Um, so, like, I can understand why they don't put those in, but I, I miss them, like, when they're really, when they're well done, they're really well done. Yeah. Yeah, like, and the axe dance I actually enjoy. Like, I like Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. It's... Well, and that's something that bugs me a lot in modern musicals, in fact. Um, it's so often, it just seems to sort of, especially with TV shows, mm-hmm. more, that'll do musical episodes. And you always kind of cringe because, and even in regular musicals, they feel the need to put in, like, hanging a lampshade on oh this isn't how people actually act right oh people don't really sing and dance oh your commute doesn't usually turn into a big elaborate musical number Mm -hmm. well no it didn't in the 30s either right like people were people understood that you know people didn't watch you know wizard of oz and go oh everybody was just bursting into song on kansas (laughs) farms during the dust bowl right that's how that worked right? right like no it wasn't realistic then either it was just you know this everybody feels the need it seems like to kind of wink at it and go oh it doesn't really work this way and even in annie the annie remake they did this there's a moment where like miss hannigan and what's his face the scuzzy like campaign manager for stacks are on a date and they're plotting and it's like she's like oh wait are we all gonna sing now i'm like it's the middle of the movie. Yeah. 
if you're first of all you didn't need to do that like <laughs> and you don't need to do it halfway through the movie yeah like it's a musical we've established this is weird it's people burst into song in elaborate musical numbers right. like i i'm i'm here i've suspended my disbelief <laughs> i don't need you to wink at me yeah there should be like this heightened sense of reality that you don't need to draw attention to like we know why we're here and we're here because people are gonna burst in the song because they're crossing the street like yeah yeah you know it's funny yeah. we do keep talking about it like it's the like modern musicals don't really happen that often but we've got there are two in the theaters right now yeah um, into the woods is is airing and uh annie and then also there's a tv show that starts tonight um gallivant which is oh yeah a musical also um i'm seeing ads for that i didn't know it was a musical i'm huh i am obsessed i'm already obsessed with it i've when it first came out they had like a preview or something a couple of months ago it's got um, tim amundsen who was um lazarus on psych okay he's like this evil bearded king and then there's a whole bunch oh, of other nice. people I've, i don't know who they are um all right but like the first preview that i saw it was like musical there's a tv musical and it's coming to your th- to your tv screens <laughs> and i was like i'm in it looks like a train I'm wreck i'm totally Sold. in all right and then it seems like since then they've kind of backed away from letting you know that it's a musical which i think is like the total wrong turn to take yeah like, no why would you not embrace that right i if i'd known it was a musical i would have paid much more attention yeah and i think they got really scared of it because it they're burning it it's uh it's only going to be on oh. in january it's like two oh. hours every sunday oh yeah that's a shame i'm really i'm really excited about it the first one's going to be yeah first two are going to be right. tonight um so jules you have to check it out if you have a chance um and we'll i talk will about it. clearly and all right I, i've been so excited for months like everybody's like shut up about it already <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it looks like, I mean, I think it's, I think it's going to be a train wreck. I think it'll be like the kind of like cheesy, it looks like it's going to be the kind of cheesy musical comedy that I love, but. Oh, I'm, yeah. I think they're trying to lean too far away from it. Like, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. That's a shame. But, um, it really, like the first thing I saw of it was that preview and it reminded me of Robin Hood Men in Tights. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Which is one of the greatest movie musicals of all time like yes mel brooks he makes everything hilarious but like that one was so goofy and so specific in its goofiness the version from young frankenstein is still like my definitive version of putting on the ritz Mm -hmm. sorry everybody else who's ever performed (laughs) it it's it's young frankensteins yeah yes mel brooks does a good musical uh, yeah with actually speaking of that the producers mm-hmm. did you see i saw it on stage oh, actually did you? in london um and that was very cool you know obviously it wasn't the original cast it was like years and years later mm-hmm. but it was it was a lot of fun um and i enjoyed the movie actually i thought the movie was pretty i thought it was pretty well done uh-huh. um it was you know it was sort of it was straight up, you know, it was a straight up adaptation. It was just, I don't want to, obviously not shot for shot of the stage musical, but it was just the stage musical on screen. And I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really, really fun. Um, but 
yeah, it sort of sank. It didn't really get a lot of my, I mean, I think I was out of the country when it came out, but my impression was that it kind of sank. Yeah, it didn't um, it, do much. Yeah, it kind of flopped as a movie. Um, but the stage show was a lot of fun, and I thought the movie was a lot of fun. I did and too. Part of that was that Mel Brooks kind of went for it. Yeah. He just went all out and embraced it and did, I thought, did it very well. Well, he comes from, like, um, like he really, his comedy is really, like, um, vaudeville. Yeah. Um, which is stage, I mean. So, yeah. Like, he has that appreciation of um, movement and music. Um but like he's so funny. Like if I wish that... like if you're gonna make a musical, there's two ways to go. The first is like the really like sappy, like lovey dovey, like Gene Kelly Fred Astaire aesthetic. Like and that's mm-hmm. fantastic. But like the way to the other way to go is the other end of the spectrum, which is like just goofy. Um Yeah. You know, with the awareness that this heightened reality of musicals is just deeply silly. Um <laughs> Oh, which I it works so well in uh, yeah in Men in Tights, which oh my god, and then yeah. like it's a, it's such a specific subject in Men in Tights because it's a reaction to Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, with oh my gosh, yes, with Kevin Costner, like um, there's even there's one of the best lines in Men in Tights is, and unlike other Robin Hoods, I speak with a British accent, and yes. it's just like it's so pointed. The it was great, yeah really good um i mean and that that brings up goes back to what you were saying earlier of that no one really knows how to make a musical anymore and you know we're pointing to mel brooks and saying well this guy does Mm -hmm. i think and he has that you know he's ancient first of Mm -hmm. all um but he's been working for so long and he's been around for so long you know this is a guy who remembers how movies were how older musicals were made Mm -hmm. yeah it's like you said that a lot of them feel like like music videos like that's the art form that people are more familiar with um i think that which again can work yeah I mean, that could work still, but it seems like, yeah, it often doesn't. Um, I, I mean, part of the reason I think Annie did work for me was that it, even aware that it was, you know, a different thing from the big theatrical spectacles mm-hmm. that musicals were formerly, it worked really well as just because a good music video can be fantastic. Um, and I think it, you know, Jay-Z knew what he was doing. He knows the business and he knows how to make a good music video. So he did that um, and it worked. You know, it wasn't quite the same thing, but it, it was still pretty big and pretty impressive and spectacular. Um, so it, you know, it that can work. It just it seems like people don't really embrace that either. Mm-hmm. They just sort of half ass it every, every way. You know, yeah. I'm just like, no, go big. It's a musical. You have to go big. Go big or go home. <laughs> was, that expression was just made for making musicals. Yeah. Well, Into the Woods is in theaters right now, and I I wish I'd seen it before we started talking about this because, but um, it's a. Uh... A Sondheim musical that's adapted for yeah. for movies, um, and it looks like one of those go big or go home things. Like yeah, like it really looks spectacular. Um, I've heard 
there are some complaints about the third act, uh, which mm-hmm. in the stage musical is really adult, really dark. Yeah. Um, and they adapted it for the movie so that they could get a, you know, get more kids into it. Um, hmm. but I, I, I don't know how it's doing at the box office. Um, mm. but I've seen a lot of buzz about it being good. Um, and huh. people being receptive right. to it. But I don't know if it's going to be, like, a big hit. And that's the thing, like, you know how it is now. Like, everything that comes out, if it's even slightly different than the formula action movie, um, if it isn't a blockbuster, like, everybody's like, oh, it's the death of, they'll never do another. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is just such a stupid way <laughs> to, yeah. like, look at the industry. Like, um, you know, Phantom of the Opera came out and kind of flopped, and they were like, oh, no more movie musicals. And then, you know, <laughs> the next year, a year or two later, like, another one came out and it was all right. Everybody's like, Oh, it's the end of movie. It's never the end. There's always going to be something else. Speaking of Phantom of the Opera, because we haven't checked in in a while with our old pal, Gerard Butler, Gerard Butler, who is welcome. (laughs) Anytime. 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 Um, Anytime. We are fond of you. Very fond. Even though we aren't always fond of your choices. Um, We are very fond of you. I am very fond of that choice. That Phantom of the Opera. I know it's considered, like, not good, um, but I friggin' love it. Like, it's... Yeah. Phantom of the Opera is just, like, such a satisfying, like, property to begin with. Like, big and bombastic, and Andrew Lloyd Webber is just... Uh, <laughs> just has these killer songs like that get just you get earwormed for months. Like yeah. I still like I'll just be driving and all of a sudden I'll be like bum 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 bum. Like it's just like you can't get it out of you once <laughs> once you've experienced nice. it. And that one I watched. I've seen it so many times. Like it's embarrassing. Nice. Um, but I really just like that's a good guilty pleasure. Like it's not great, and I love to watch it because I enjoy it and I also love to watch it because I like to make fun of it. <laughs> nice. There's a All right. a scene where um Raul is like descending to find the phantom to rescue <laughs> what's her butt and like he falls through a trap door and it's like the, <laughs> just the most ridiculous visual that you've ever seen and I will All rewind right. it every time I watch it. Like it's just <laughs> Oh, Tom. I am sold. But yeah, like, like that's the thing. Like, I'm not always looking for a movie, a movie musical to be like, you know, like transcendent. Like, I'm not looking yeah. for it to be like a work of quality. Like, sometimes I'm just looking for something that's goofy. Like, yeah, just hits the spot. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I guess that's probably a good place for recommendations, maybe. Um, Off of that, in addition to Phantom of the Opera, <laughs> did you have any others? Uh, Singing in the Rain. Or I'm going to keep beating down? that drum. Um, I love Singing in the Rain so much. But there's another uh, Gene Kelly movie that I think you should watch um, if you like movie musicals. And that's Anchors Away. With he was in oh. it with Frank Sinatra, and also I believe that's the one with the uh, cartoon mouse, uh, nice. where he, he dances with a cartoon mouse. Um, that All right. uh, Paula Abdul borrowed that concept for one of her music videos. <laughs> um, but yeah, Anchors Away. It's two sailors on leave um, in Los Angeles, and they nice. It's I love it. That's all I can say about awesome. it. I just love it. Awesome. I. Honestly, I'm not sure I can narrow it down because I really like them. And mine are all like embarrassingly 
boring and big, but I forever love uh, The Sound of Music. I just, that is such a, like, comfort food movie for me when I'm feeling, when I'm in a bad mood. Um, I just, I really enjoy that. Um, That's probably my biggest one, but there are so many I really enjoy. I'm, I'm, like, trying to narrow it down, and I can't. Um, but go see the new Annie again. I totally recommend that. Um, and anything on Netflix, really, mm-hmm. give it a try. If you see some on Netflix, Singing in the Rain kind of comes and goes, I think, from Netflix. I, yeah, I think it's on right now. I think I saw it. Excellent. All right. I should go watch it. Um, <laughs> I'm probably going to go do that. So yeah, whatever's, if something's on Netflix, just check it out. Just try new ones, check out, you know, ones you haven't watched before, rewatch ones you've enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, just dive deep because I really need to. Um, I, I like don't think I've watched nearly enough, actually. Oh, definitely watch more. Watch as many as you can. Yes. So good. Um, and uh, after that, you should come talk to us about them, um, which you can do on Twitter at uh, uh what are we on Twitter? Britches are Podcast. Real... Britches Podcast. There we go. Um, it's been a couple weeks, so <laughs> I I completely forgot everything. Um, Britches Podcast on Twitter, and we're realbossybritches.com. Um, you can also find us individually on Twitter. I am Jules Has Sweets, and Lisa is OC Fairer. Um, and we will see you next week.